In what ways do people seek to know God? Well, I think that begs the question, what does seeking mean? Well, seeking is a yearning to find something or trying to find something with eagerness. It's a simple question. In what ways do people seek to know God? But it has many answers. Some people seek God in nature. You've heard him talk. I don't go to church. I hang out in nature. That's where me and God coincide. You hear people maybe not say it, but in their lifestyle, work. Work is is God-given. And so the more I work, the more I'm in relationship with God. I was listening to some podcasts, and they were talking about uh, psychedelic influences and trying to bring up the idea that God created everything that we have, including marijuana and everything like that. And if we can get into a psychedelic experience, maybe we can have a connection with God that's special. But Jesus didn't say any of those things, nature, work, or psychedelics. He said this, seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. So who or what is the kingdom of God? Big question, but I think you know, ultimately, it is Jesus Christ. It is God. The first point of this lesson is called divine power. There are two essentials to Christian growth. The first is divine power. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 4. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire I am fascinated with divine power. Divine power fascinates me. Uh, I'm also fascinated by engines. Uh, I'm fascinated by knowledge, and I'm fascinated by the human will. I'm fascinated in particular with the human will for how people can endure things or show great strength or show endurance. But I can do all those things. Divine power is not in my grasp to achieve. I can't will myself to have it or gain it through technology or anything that I pursue in this life. But it is where I gain everything I can't do for myself. Divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to what? Life and godliness. 
you didn't achieve that. You're being helped. And divine power is where that's coming from. The ability to know him comes from divine power. It's something that we're filled and understand that we have great promises involved in this if we follow this divine power. And we can be partakers of this divine nature according to that verse. Ultimately, it creates freedom from the corruption of sinful desire. It creates freedom from the corruption of sinful desire. Now, I like His divine power. I really do. It causes us, according to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, to be born again. I can't be born again by my own power. God is doing this. It is the power of Christ. The second point in the lesson called radical righteousness is Christian's effort. According to Peter, our salvation also connects with our growth. Now that is something you don't hear a lot in our modern Christian teaching, do you? Our salvation is also connected with our Christian growth. It's God's design. I'll explain. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5, the first part says this. Make every effort. Make every effort. Now, does that sound like that we have a responsibility in our walk with Christ? This is also an essential part of our life as a Christian. Now, it's easy for people to do the least in anything, is it not? Ah, let me do what I have to do just to get through it. I don't really have to worry about it anymore. Let me just do the minimal because I'm okay. Well, all right, let's put that in practicality because we tend to spiritualize things, which separates from the idea of reality sometimes. Athletes. The athlete that does the least of anything, will that athlete succeed? They might have a natural ability, but will they ultimately succeed to where they want to go if they do the least of anything? The running, the endurance, the jumping, or whatever athletic program it is, the weightlifting, the eating. Now, eventually, they'll fizzle out. What about as a student. Aubrey's going for her master's. Does that take effort? 
Yeah, she's quick to acknowledge that. But what happens when she says, I like the party? Well, what's going to go out the window? Your desire to study. So with that, are you going to achieve? Are you going to stay in form to get that particular degree? Well, probably not. What about parents? Do you think parenting is the best example of somebody to get away with something if they do the least? What happens to those families? Uh, looking at BJ, she's, she's very familiar with that family importance. And if you do the least, what happens to your kids? What happens to you as a parent? Well, you might have a long way to go to catch up. Or you might not care. What about being a Christian? If I'm not making every effort, or if I'm doing the least I can, what are the chances of me not finishing the endurance race? As I was going through Mark last night, one of the things that was said by Mark was, you endure towards salvation. You endure. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. And if we look in 2 Peter, there's a, the idea is to fall from grace. So would you say growth is necessary to stop a fall? Would you say that's important for the Christian? Is it possible for Christians to fall? Can they repent? But if they've given up, it takes a lot of repenting to get back into shape again. It can be done. A Christian can fall from grace, 2 Peter Chapter 2, verse 15, and verses 20 through 22. So from God's divine power, He knows what. If we want to keep strong and have that endurance, that we need to make every effort. Now, is that in any way the same as earning your salvation? I cannot take divine power. Divine power caused me to be born again. But divine power also says I need to live a life that makes every effort. Because the practicality, the reality is, if you don't endure till the end, you probably have given up. Not a pleasant thing to think about. So we supplement our faith with what? Virtue, which is another term for moral excellence. Boy, do we live in a world that needs a little bit more moral excellence. And we need to be people to show it. What about knowledge? Do you know everything? 
pertaining to Christ, can you learn more? Can that learning help you grow? Yeah. Self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. I find it interesting that Peter did not say what helps you grow is greed. Peter did not say what helps you grow is sensuality. Peter did not say what helps you grow is teaching what the divine power did not give for us to understand. He did mention those three things, but in 2 Peter, he puts it all on false teachers. But people who are growing don't hang out in those areas. Why? Because it takes us the wrong way and we give up. We turn. So we need to keep on keeping on and growing. How many have struggled, and you don't have to answer this, with the idea that I did it when I was 12 that's good enough for me. I don't need to grow anymore. That's almost fatalistic. Because God said, hey, make every effort. Chances are, if you don't, you might give up. And that wouldn't be good. The third point, righteousness. So, would you classify yourself as righteous? Trick question. If, if so, for what reason do you classify yourself as righteous? None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands no one seeks for God. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 11. And the key to why no one is righteous is clear in that verse. Because they don't seek God. You see, the divine nature is who gives us, helps us to be righteous. I can't do it on my own. That yearning to find, does that stop? Has that stopped in your life? That yearning to make every effort, that yearning to grow in Christ, that yearning to live in such a way that pleases Him, has that stopped? The reality is only God can declare a person righteous. Romans chapter 5, verses 18 through 19. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. No one can earn the righteousness by making every effort. But it sure does help us 
choosing to go the other way. No one is declared righteous without biblical faith. Galatians 3, 6 through 9. And who was that in reference to? Christian read it. Abraham. Are you a child of Abraham by faith? Are you doing the things that Abraham did? You see, we must live radical righteousness. Kind of goes along a little bit with Mark that you did today. You might be thinking, radical? How in the world is righteousness radical? I think for the very fact is, that people aren't serious about it. And if you're serious, what will the world say you are? Radical. Radical. So, seek Him first. Make every effort to grow and follow His truth. If there's anybody here today who has any needs, any prayer requests this morning, please come forward now as to